devotions. Today I, I have a devotion book I read every day along with prayer and, and everything uh, in the mornings before I go out in uh, the world and try to do the things that God... But I was so impressed with my uh, uh, small devotion that I want to read it to you this morning because it's important. And you've heard me say before, my greatest desire is to deposit into you people that come to Hope Through Grace Fellowship something that's going to help you get through tomorrow and the next day and the next day until we come again on Wednesday and get refueled. So I'm glad to know that there are things out there in this world that you face. I'm sorry I can't go with you to face these things every day. If I could, I would. But there's one greater than me who walks with you. Uh, not too long ago, Barbara and I visited a church, and on the way out of the doors, like, you know, our front door here on the way out, there was a sign over the door, and it said, you're now entering the mission field. You're now entering the mission field. In other words, the world out there. The world is our mission field. But I want you to listen to these words, and it's entitled, it's entitled Atmosphere. I mean, how many of you know as believers we can create the very atmosphere that we want to have in our lives. Can I have an amen? Amen. Amen. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found. Through wisdom is a house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all prescient, and pleasant riches. Actually, that's found in Proverbs 10, 13, uh, 24, and 3 and 4. But listen to this. Special things are created by words. Sometimes if we're not careful, we, we say things that are so helpful, hurtful to people. Spiritual things are created by words. Even natural, physical things are created by words. God, who is a spirit, said... Let there be an earth, and there is an earth, just because Jesus said. Whosoever shall say, shall have whatsoever he saith. That's in Mark eleven twenty three twenty four. 24. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did. What did he say? He said, whosoever shall say, shall have whatsoever, amen, he prays for. Is that what the word said? Atmospheres are created with words. You create the very atmosphere when you walk in a room by what you say and what's going on in that room. For example, if you go into a room where fish has been fried, the fish smell is in the atmosphere. How many of you know that's to be true? Uh, somebody's cooking fish, you know, whatever. And if you go into a room, listen to this. Where harsh words have been spoken, they also linger in the atmosphere. It's heavy from the words that were said. Children brought up in an atmosphere of wrong words become warped in their outlook on life because right words were not spoken. Why is it that some children grow up strong and go out in life's fight and when? Well, it's because the right kind of words were spoken in their home. Come on. Maybe you weren't raised in a home that where 
good things were spoken. But let me tell you something. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he'll never say a harsh word to you. He'll never ridicule you. He'll never put you down. He'll never tell you that you're never going to amount to anything. See, we're talking about words. Words will absolutely change your life. Words make children love an education. Love make children want to laugh and have fun. Words in children, given in the right manner, will absolutely change their life. Amen. And at the end of this, we always have this confession, and this confession says, I, everybody say I, I create the very atmosphere around me with words. I speak words of wisdom. I speak God's word. I speak words of faith. God's word. I speak words of love. God's words. And the chambers around me are filled with the pleasantness of Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. Words. And it's always been my endeavor here as your pastor and always will be, is to fill you with words that are going to help you. Always words that's going to cause you to grow. Always bring you a word that's going to help you in your season of life. We're all going through seasons of life right now, even as I speak. Whatever season you're in, talks about seasons over in the book of Ecclesiastes. But it says, whatever season you're in, let me, let me give this to you. Whatever season you're in, whether you're in a fall season, a spring season, a summer season, or a winter season, God's word will always work yes. in whatever season you're in. Yes. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter. Yes. I said it doesn't matter. My father was, all, my earthly father was always my father in every season of my life. He was always my father. He didn't change. Well, it's summer. I don't want to be your father no more. No, you're having a good time. I don't want you to be my father anymore. Uh, things aren't going right, so I, I, you know, I'm going to bail out. God's not that way. <laughs> God's word, everybody say, God's word, God's word will be with me always. Amen. I love that. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Let me get over here and get started. How many of you are glad to be here this morning? Amen. I'd rather be here as the best hospital in Kansas City, Missouri. Glory to God. I would. I'd rather be here. Amen. But look at Luke chapter 19. Now, I'm going to vary some of these uh, scriptures back there. If you have that back there on the soundboard, I may do it a little bit different. But basically, they're going to be the same. So we're going to look at some scriptures today. But look here. Let me get over here. And Luke. Everybody say Luke. Luke. The doctor, the physician, amen. Luke chapter 19, very familiar scripture, and let's read this together. It looks like, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not because of the press or the crowd was too big because he was little or in other words he wasn't real tall 
he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way, talking about Jesus. Verse 5 says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. Oh, my. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give unto the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation came to this house, forasmuch as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word. We thank you for those who are here, who have taken time out of their day to be with us in church, to hear the word of God. So we thank you, Father. I don't ever have to pray that your word be anointed because it already is. But I do ask you anoint my lips and the ears of those that hear. And Father, it's not so much as what I say, but it's what the Holy Spirit says to these people about what I say. So, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And all the believers said, Amen. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, Today, I'm coming to your house. (laughs) In Luke 19.5, it says this, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, talking about Jesus, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Now look over here, if you would, in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Let me get over there. If you've got a Bible, take your time and get over there. But I want you to look at this word called abide. That word abide means to uh, be a part of. To live with, uh, to take residence with, to abide. I think I told you this before, that uh, uh, it's okay to see some of your relatives come. You know, they come to, to abide for a while, visit for a while. But if you see your relatives coming with their suitcase, they're coming to abide. And I know you got relatives just like I do. And I, sometimes I, I just wish they'd have left the suitcases at home. Come on now, just go ahead and be real. Sometimes our relatives have, they can overstay sometimes, you know. Thank you for being honest. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. I mean, I can see some of them now. Hey, Uncle Arnold, we come to, to, to stay a week or two. You come to what? You come to stay a whole week or two? Yeah, they, here they bring bags. They bring sleeping bags and brought, they brought everything but food. So come on, y'all know where I'm at here. So, But Jesus, Jesus came to abide. He came to live with you. So really, you can't go anywhere without this man called Jesus. Why? Because he's where? He's in you. I, I said he's in you. Glory to God. Look here, John 14 and verse 23. 14 and verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, 
If a man love me, he will keep my what? Words. 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 These are, these are words. Jesus is saying, if you care enough about me, you'll keep my word. You'll keep what I'm trying to tell you. How many of you know God's word? Amen. Did you know that God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth? Let me say that to you again. Did you know <laughs> that God's word in his in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in your mouth? Come on now. They were talking about words. What are you saying? What are we saying? Come on now. You getting a hold of this? I'm loving this. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man loved me, come on now, do you love me? If you do, keep a word. Holy God. Do what I'm trying to tell you to do. Grab a hold of what I'm trying to tell you to grab a hold of. If you love me. I said, if you love me. How many love people have we got in the house today? Sure you love him. Why? Because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior down on the inside. Why? For God so loved. If God can so love, then guess what? I can so love. I can love people that I've never met before. Come up here, brother, right here. I've never met this guy before. What is your name? Chase. Chase. Come up here, Chase. I've never met Chase before, but look around here. I love this man. I love him. And we love you too. And, and he, <laughs> thank you, brother. And he's saying, wait a minute, you don't know me, Pastor. <laughs> you know what? I don't have to know you. True. I true. see and hear. I love him. Love you too. I love him. I love you too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and if he loves me and if I love him, I'll keep my word to him. And he'll keep his word to me. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Not only do we love one another, but when he sees that, it makes God the Father so happy, he begins to see that love and loves us right back. Oh, come on now. Talk to me. Amen. He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make what our abode with him. See, you can't live with anybody you don't love. Try that in a marriage. You don't have to get quiet. It's the truth. I said it's the truth. Most of us Let me go down a rabbit trail here for just a minute. Most of us, when we got married, we probably really didn't get married out of love. It was probably more so out of lust. Thank you for those amens. We have grown to love one another. As as young kids, we really didn't know what love was but it was a word we thought we had to give each other to show our affection (laughs) amen 
Love is learned. But it was given through Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and chew on what I just said there a while ago. <laughs> he said, you love me, my love, my words, and my Father will love him. And, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Who? Jesus. We're going to live with him because he's going to love me. See, he's never going to throw you out. He's never going to throw you out. He's never going to make you get into situations that you don't know how to handle because he'll always be there with you. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Now look down here at Luke 19.7. Let's go back over to Luke. Luke 19.7. What did he say here in verse 7? 19.7. And when they saw it, they all murmured. That's all these people on the outside looking in at what Zacchaeus had done. Amen. They all murmured. Now, I know there's no murmurs in this church. That's why I can say this. Murmuring will get you no place but in trouble. You know, I think that's why James told us that this little member right here called the tongue will get you in more trouble than anything. Amen. And it's so little. But can cause so much damage. The tongue. My tongue gets me in trouble. But your tongue gets you in trouble. Murmuring. You know what murmuring is. Probably saying things you shouldn't say. Talking behind somebody's back. I mean, I've always, always been this way. I've been very open as a pastor. Whatever you like about me, whatever you dislike about me. Be man or woman enough about it to come to my face and talk to me about it. Pardon me? Yeah, I've just got one. It's right here. Amen. I mean, I'm a man. I can take it. Come on. Come on. It's okay to talk about these things in church because God's against all those things. Well, let's go on. I know that was real popular. Let's go on here. (laughs) And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. You know, uh, here, I mean, I can just hear these. Look Look at Jesus. Look at him over there. He's over there, and he's going to go to that guy's house who's a sinner. Well, who do you think needs Jesus more than anybody else? A sinner. A sinner. Amen. I don't think we talk enough about sin. But sin will get you in trouble. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Sin will cost you more than you want to pay. Sin will put you in a place you wish you'd never went there. Sin will. But here's Jesus getting ready to have dinner with a sinner. Glory to God. Look here at Luke 5, chapter 30. Luke 5, let me get over there. Luke 5, just want to share the word with you today, which I love to do. Uh, Luke 5, chapter 30, 31 and 32. Luke 5. What? Luke 5, verse 30. What did I say, chapter 30? Oh, sorry about that. Luke 5, verse 30. But their scribes and Pharisees, there's that word again, murmured. They're talking about somebody. Murmured against his disciples, saying, 
Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? You know, talking about Jesus. Jesus, I know Jesus always got a good answer. And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician. Now, how many of you people in here ever go to the doctor when you're feeling good? Nobody. Why do you go to a doctor? Why do you go to a physician? You're not feeling well. I said you're not feeling well. They that are whole need not a physician, but they are what? Sick. Evidently, Jesus knew that Zacchaeus was sin sick. And he needed a Savior. Glory to God. <laughs> Look at another one here in verse, 30, or verse 31 come on, or 32. Verse 32 says, this is Jesus. He says, I come not to call the righteous, amen, or those that are well, those that have already accepted Jesus Christ. I didn't come for you people. You, are, you already received me. But he said, I come to call the sinners to repentance. There's that word again, sinners. Jesus came for the repentance of the sinner. That's why he came. This man called Jesus. That's why he's talking to this sinner. I mean, if you ever see me out in public, you'll probably see me talking to a sinner. Amen. Aren't we supposed to be witnesses? Witnesses for Jesus? Because he lives in me, that word abides in me. So if his word abides in me, then it ought to be one of my priorities to lead someone to Jesus who is a sinner. Amen. Glory to God. Look at another one over here in Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Amen. Romans chapter 3. And look here at verse 23. Romans 3. And verse 23. Hallelujah. This gets us all in the boat today. It says, for all. Everybody say all. All. For all have sinned and come short of the what? The glory of God or the goodness of God. We've all been in the sinner boat. I've been there. But folks, I want to tell you, I'm not a sinner any longer. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was a sinner, but I've repented. So if I've repented of my sins, then I'm no longer a sinner. Now I'm a believer. Glory to God. I mean, I've heard so many people say, well, I'm just an old sinner. No, I'm, I'm not. You may be an old sinner, but I, I, I've been saved by the grace of God. I'm not a sinner. Come on now. I'm a new creation because of what Jesus has done on the inside of me. Now look down here at Luke 19.9. Look down there at verse 9 here in Luke 19.9. Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, forasmuch as he also is a son of, 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 of Abraham. Amen. For what? Salvation. Salvation has come. Amen. This day. Today. Everybody say Today. Is salvation come to this house? To your house? Remember the day when Jesus come to your house and you got saved? 
Oh, I'm telling you, we could probably line each other up here, and you could tell me the very church, the very hour, where you were, how old you were, what state you was in, what county you was in, and tell us, amen, that you was led to Jesus. Salvation, that word salvation, of course, is an all-inclusive word. It includes not only being saved, but it includes deliverance, healing, blessings, good life. Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes if we're not careful, we limit that word salvation to just being saved. There's more to what you got than just being saved. How many of you know that Jesus has more than just salvation to offer you? He has so, so, so much more. Glory to God. Amen. Did you know that Jesus always knows where you're at? I like this. Isn't it something that Jesus stopped right under the tree where Zacchaeus was? Zacchaeus? (laughs) What are you doing up there? If Zacchaeus would have said anything else, he said, well, I heard about you. And the crowd was so big, and I'm so short in the crowd, I couldn't see you. So I climbed up in this tree so I could see you when you walked by. Glory to God. How many of you know he knows where we are? I said he knows where you are all the time. And you know another thing I liked about Zacchaeus? He didn't say why. When Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I need to go to your house today. Too many people today are saying, why? We're questioning God on every hand. We're questioning him on everything. Amen. Ours is not to question why, but ours is to do. And what he did, he he did what? He said, make haste. Get on out of that tree and come down here. I'm going to your house today. Zacchaeus said, well, I don't know. I don't know. The house is not ready. You know, that's what a lot of ladies would think if I would, if, if I would after church, just come up to you and say, hey, Barbara and I are coming to your house today. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of you would say, uh, what time? <laughs> Why? To give you time to get ready to fluff the pillows up, vacuum the carpet, whatever, you know, whatever. And you may never have to do that. But when we, when we say that I'm coming to your house, kind of like people freeze. You know, you don't have to be that way. If I were to say I'm, I'm coming to Chase's house today, he'd probably just say, come on, pastor. <laughs> come on. Just like the rest of you would. Come on, pastor. You're always welcome in this house, as well as you are always welcome in our house. Amen? He didn't question any of that. Man, he just got right down out of that tree and went with him. He was obedient. God knows where you are. Amen? Anyone in here ever hear of a GPS or a global positioning system? Anybody ever hear of those? Yeah. Everybody's got one in their pocket. Listen to this. As of 2015, and this was eight years ago, as of 2015, there was a minimum of 24 GPS satellites orbiting around the Earth at an altitude of 11,000 miles. And your GPS, amen, we're talking about natural, your GPS knows exactly how to get you from where you're going and bring you right back to where you started. That's amazing. It's almost scary. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Isn't it good to know that in Psalms 33, 13, from heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all of mankind. <laughs> he don't need a GPS. Job 34, 21 says his eyes are on the ways of man and he sees their every step. God knows where you are. God knows where you were last night. And God knows where you want to be in your heart this morning. Glory to God. As helpful as our GPS unit is, if the battery goes down, guess what? That little old unit is worthless. Now you're on your own. I said, now you're on your own. Barb and I really used to depend on a road map. I still carry a road map right beside me in my car. Now we mostly depend on GPS. But there have been times when Mr. GPS or Miss GPS, whoever you have on there that's talking to you, has led me wrong. And I said, wait a minute. This is not where I wanted to go. But because I listened to that GPS in the natural, they took me to where they wanted me to go. And that could be dangerous. Just like the the uh, the world out here. If you're not careful, the world will con you into going their way. Yeah. And before you know it, you're already there and you've already committed to it. And you know it's wrong. I said, and you know it's wrong. As helpful as our GPS, amen, it is. But when the battery goes down, the unit's worthless. But God's GPS doesn't need a battery. Amen. God's GPS does not need a battery. He's always aware of our location. He knows exactly where you are. He knows where we are this morning. He knows my position with you. He knows what my heart is with you today. He knows where I should be and where I shouldn't be. He knows what I should be doing and maybe I'm not. God knows where you are. Is it okay if he comes to your house today? Psalms 145.20 says, The Lord watches over all who love Him. He knows where we are. Did you know what else really impressed me about Zacchaeus? He was obedient. Immediately, he came down to that tree and went with Jesus. Listen to this. God always recognizes obedience. Always. Obedience simply means to obey or to be in agreement. You might want to write this down. Obedience is the highway to your God-given destiny. Obedience. Obedience is the highway to your God-given destiny. The man that believes, listen, it's so important. The man or woman that believes will obey. Failure to obey is convincing proof that there is no true faith present. Because you failed to obey. You were disobedient. Come on now. One act of obedience is better than a hundred sermons. <laughs> One act of obedience is better than 100 sermons. He who cannot obey, listen to this, he who cannot obey cannot command. 
Anybody that's ever been in the military, you know that's true. Amen. Or if anybody's ever been in any kind of a position of leadership, you know, that's, that's, that's so true. If you can't obey, then you can't command. If you're not really sold out to what you're supposed to do, then you'll really never be able to command other people to listen to you. I heard a guy say one time, he said, Pastor, what's a, what's a leader? And I heard this several years ago. He says, well, I said, well, a leader is like a guy taking a walk and he looks behind him and nobody's there. He's not a leader. <laughs> but he thinks he is. I said, but he thinks he is. Amen. This is this. Woe to the man who runs when God has not sent him. Woe to the man who refuses to run or ceases to run when God has sent him. Let me say that to you again. Woe to the man who runs when God has not sent him. Woe to the man who refuses to run or ceases to run when God has sent him. Can you say amen? Obedience will get you where you need to be and cause you to be who you need to be. Obedience. Amen. I know that sometimes can be a a hard word to uh, to, to people, but it works. I said it works. Hebrews 5a says, though he were a son, yet he learned what? Obedience by the things which he suffered. Talk about Jesus. I believe I could fit myself in there. I have learned to be obedient in some things because of some of the things that I have went through. Not necessarily suffered like Jesus suffered on the cross of Christ. But there, everyone in here has probably been in this situation. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing, I love this one. It says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Two parts there. If you be willing and obedient. The obedient part seems to be okay. But as you're being obedient, are you willing to be obedient? Are you just doing it because you're upset? All right, I'll do it. (laughs) Okay, I'll do it. If you want me to, I'll do it. Not really want to, but I'll do it because you, you know, you wanted me to do it. No, there's a key there. If you want to eat a good, if you want to eat of the good of the land, if you want to be a blessing in the kingdom of God, not only will you be obedient, but you'll be willing and obedient. The two walk together. Glory to God. Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out to a place where he should have to receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how it was going to turn out. But he went, didn't he? He went. He got a word from God and he went. And that's exactly the way you and I ought to be. When when we get a word, a logos from God, logos means living. When you get something living from God, you ought to take it and run with it. Just make sure what you got was from God and it's scripturally based. Come on. God is speaking to people every day. I'm not the only one he's speaking to. You're not the only one he's speaking to. He's speaking to people every day. I said he's speaking to people every day, but we need to be 
Be obedient. When God finds you, he always knows where you are. And if you're obedient to his word, just like Zacchaeus was, you too can find salvation in your house. In your house. Let's stand this morning. Amen. We can see all through the Bible of men and women who were obedient. Amen. Aren't you glad the children of Israel uh, shouted when they were supposed to? Or the walls of Jericho would have never fell. They would still be up today. I had the privilege to be over in Israel a few years back and stood right where the walls of Jericho were. And I, I just couldn't, couldn't get it in my head how that those walls fell down because of somebody was obedient to God. Not only were they obedient to march around the exact amount of times, which was 13 total, they had to march around the city 13 times, but it wouldn't have fell if they hadn't have all got together and shouted together. <laughs> then the wall came down. Amen. Aren't you glad to know that Moses didn't look at God and say, no, nah, I don't want to leave the people out of Israel. Uh, get somebody else. You do it. But I'm so glad he did. I said, I'm so glad he did. Amen. And he led all of Israel across the Red Sea. Amen. <laughs> I'm so glad that God arrested uh, Saul, then Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul. I'm glad God arrested him on his way to Damascus. And made him one of his great spokesmen, the Apostle Paul. But I'm glad God spoke to you. I'm glad God is speaking to people every day in our churches about doing things. You know, God, what do you want me to do? What would you have me to do? What would you have me to do? There is a voice that you need to listen to. And that's the voice of God. So many voices here that we listen to out in the world. Amen. But we need to understand and listen to one voice, and that, that is his voice. And he's speaking today. You can go ahead and sit down. We're getting ready to have communion here this morning. But I wanted to say this. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you'd like to partake of communion, then you need to be born again. You need to be saved you need to be like Zacchaeus was and allow Jesus to give you a house call. Come on. How many of you know doctors may, be giving, may not be giving house calls anymore? But Jesus is always making house calls. And he wants to come to your house. I said he wants to come to your house. So if you're in here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, or you don't think... You are where you ought to be to receive communion. We're getting to partake of an example of the Lord Jesus Christ through his bread that healed us, through his wine that sealed us because of our sin. But if you have accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, then, then by all means I want you to do that this morning. But let me read this to you. Barb, honey, you can go ahead and get that ready and just take those lids off of there. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, praise God. I want to read this to you here. Apostle Paul, 
Verse 23 says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body. This is my body. When you hold that bread in your hands, it's not just a wafer. You ought to remember everything that Jesus has done for you. I, 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 uh, I feel so unworthy sometimes to even stand here. But it's by the grace of God I am who I am. And he makes me worthy. Nothing of myself, but it's because of him. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen? Praise God. Well, let's all stand.